Uber 95.1. What up, it's Moose, and welcome to the Studio 95 Sessions. On today's episode, we're going to be talking with Eric Lee Bedingfield, the 2012 Independent Artist of the Year and good friend of the possum himself, George Jones. So you know there's some good stories there. We're going to hear some of them, as well as some songs, too. Enjoy the show. All right, man, we're talking with Eric Lee Bedingfield in a... Uh, you're the 2012 Independent Artist of the Year. You're closely associated with George Jones. You've played on the Grand Old Opry. You've had such a such a wonderful and diverse career here these last few years. So tell us what you've been up to, man. You've been by here before. I wasn't here. But yeah, we- I have, man. This this station uh, has always been great, supporting my music. Uh, I've been in Nashville now, I guess, working on 12 years. And I was already playing music in Georgia you know, before mm-hmm. I even moved there. That's how I finished paying my way through college and all that kind of stuff. But... Uh, yeah, man, since since the Independent Artist of the Year, things took off. That last record did great. George sure opened a lot of doors for me. Got to do a lot of, check off a lot of the things on the bucket list. Playing the Opry was was huge. Uh, got to tour all over the world. Uh, got to got to go to a lot of countries I never thought I'd go in, you know, because of playing music. And just uh, did a month over in Australia and just got back here, here just, just a few weeks back. So, Did you work on your accent? A, l- a little bit. That's the only thing I can say and say Adelaide. No, they, I tell you what's neat about Australia. They are just infatuated with anything and everything American because they watch really? all our same television shows, and especially the South. If they know you're from the South because they, they're huge fans of Swamp People <laughs> and uh, and just all these you know redneck shows on TV, they just they just think it's great. So is Duck Dynasty when, huge over there? Duck Dynasty is huge. You get over there and, you know— being from Georgia like myself, they hear yeah. that and they just they start swarming around. They just want to hear you talk, <laughs> and and I love just hearing them talk. You know, Australia is the number one place on my bucket list to go. My older sister lives in Ireland, and she's always on. She's been there ten years, never been there yet, and she's always, "When are you coming?" Uh, I don't know. Sometimes, well, let soon. me tell you, when when you do it, it, you know the flights are already brutal. Especially for, like me, man. I just don't like tight spaces for long periods well, of time. Well, you're a big old boy. <laughs> yeah, just, well, the promoter who, t- I, w- I went last year, the year before with Dolly Parton, went over there. And of course, with Dolly, you're taken care of, you fly in nice, and, you know, so it's a little more comfortable. This second time around, trying to cut some corners and, and make ends meet to, to go over there and play these shows. So the promoter puts me on this little Asian airline. <laughs> that I'd never, never even heard of it. I mean, so, and of course, in the news, they're all crashing in the Pacific left and right. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to be on an Asian airline right now. So, we get in Chicago, and they said we got to go to Hong Kong first. Okay. So that's like an 18 hour flight. Oh from, man! And so when it takes off, you know it's going to be a long flight when you go straight north over the North Pole to get <laughs> to get to Hong Kong. I'm like, what? And uh, you know, I thought we was going kind of southwest here, straight down to Australia. So we go straight north over the North Pole, land in Hong Kong, have a four hour layover, and then have to have another you know ten eleven hour flight from Hong Kong to Melbourne. So I was basically traveling for thirty seven hours solid, and uh, and it, that that'll that'll make a man go crazy. I was about to say, I think you just ruined it for me because in my head, I always imagine leaving out of somewhere like L.A. That's what you do, you know, and well, then, go with Dolly. That's what she'll do for you. Go, go with Dolly. Okay, I'll call her. I'll call her right <laughs> up. Go, and I always imagine, you know, catching a you know catching a layover in Hawaii and then cutting straight down. No, L.A. Man, they'll go direct. They'll go from L.A. straight on into Sydney or oh, wherever okay. you're going. And you know, and it's not bad. You got you got everybody's got little TVs on their headrests, so you can watch movies. You know. It's not too bad, but see, I can't, I can't do that. I, I don't. 
there's really no other way to get there unless you sail, and I get too seasick to be doing that. So, <laughs> see, I was just excited to know if the toilets really flush backwards. They do. So, and they do. They really, that's the first thing I did when I got off the plane was, and I didn't even have to pee or nothing. I just went in there and flushed the toilet and looked at it. Did you, and I was like, holy moly, it, it goes backwards. Do you know why it does that? The gravitational pull yeah, of the, the earth. Gra- if you have tornadoes down there, they spin clockwise instead of counterclockwise. It's really weird. See, I don't know if I'd pay that much attention if a tornado was coming, which well, way it was spinning. Uh, the only time... Well, I'd still get down in a basement the same way. It's, I always get nervous with thunderstorms. I'm kind of like a tornado magnet. I've been in six of them. Well, there's a nasty one last night, you know, yeah. in Oklahoma. And we're, we're sitting there, and the only time I've gotten close to one intentionally, me and my buddy were driving down the road, it picked up a rock and smashed his windshield. And we decided then, like, you know what? We don't really care that much about the weather anymore. We think it's probably a good time to just go home. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a pretty cool job, though. And I'm sure the, the movie Twister kind of glorified it a yeah. little more than it would be. But uh, that, that would be pretty pretty neat adrenaline rush chasing a, a tornado around. Yeah, I, I don't. Do you know Denny Strickland? I know. The not artist real, Denny Strickland? Not real he, sure. He came by here a few months ago and he was on a tour bus sleeping. And even though there was a tornado watch, he didn't go in anywhere. A tornado hit his tour bus, flipped him upside down. Here, uh, no, not here. He was he was somewhere out west. I, I don't I can't remember wow. where. I re, I just remember that. And I was like, man, that's okay. a road story right there. That is a road story. And you, you know what? You got a lot of road stories. You played football. For, I do. Uh, Georgia yeah. Southern. Georgia Southern. Yeah, this that's back in the day, man. That's late nineties. And is that where the blends uh, from? Yeah, man. Nineteen ninety nine uh, was one uh, double A national champions, and in nineteen ninety nine, that's the same year I had a neck injury, which eventually you know maybe stopped playing altogether, and. Silver Linings kind of what led me into uh, picking up the guitar and, and pursuing music. You know what I've noticed? Everybody from Georgia, they, they always play football, but they have two paths after football. They either, one, start singing country music, or two, they become a pro wrestler. <laughs> and you're about That's big it. enough to do you're about big I'm enough done to do it all, man. <laughs> I was thinking Bill Goldberg. Those are my two dreams. No. Really? Are, you, are you a wrestling fan? Man, when I was a kid, I actually, not just saying, I have a, one of my cousins was a was in WCW. Was no a, way. Yeah, do you remember the Natural Born Thrillers? Yes, uh, I do. Sean was was my cousin. He lived out in Hilton Head, South Carolina, and uh, and they they that would have been late nineties too, I guess. They had that, but they were the WCW World Champ Tag Team Champions. That's, I was a WCW kid. See, I'm I'm thirty, so in the late nineties, I would have been thirteen, fourteen. I was enamored. With that kind of stuff. Loved it. So I, I didn't know. I was always thinking, I was always a big Bill Goldberg guy. And yeah. he's from Georgia. Georgia guy, too. So, yeah. He played ball at Georgia. He did. Did you ever play any baseball? Uh, growing up, you know, before college, before I did. College. I played all through high school. Braves fan? You loved it, man. Loved, loved it. it. I got to sing uh, last Memorial Day, did the anthem there at uh, Turnal Field. And, and being Memorial Day, it was packed stadium. They was playing the Colorado Rockies. And, nice. And that was, a, that was a cool experience. I've got to seeing uh, the anthem at a few NASCAR events where it's a little more open, but I tell you, I about had a panic attack <laughs> there doing it for the, for the Brave Stadium because there's a this, there's this slap back that you hear. Yeah. So you're trying to sing one line while you're hearing the previous line you just sang come back at you, and it's, you know, that's a confusing enough, you know, to try not to forget the words of that song. So. I, could, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. I can get in front of a crowd, but there ain't no way I'm going to sing in front of anybody. I can talk all day. Can't sing. <laughs> uh, and speaking of singing, we're gonna have we're gonna talk more with you. I want to uh, ask you about the Opry and everything sure. right here in just a minute. But uh, you got a brand new single out. Brand new single, man. Very very excited about it. Uh, John Rich from Big and Rich is producing it for me, and it's been a ball working with him in the studio. He's 
super, super talented. And what a lot of people don't realize about John, you know, when they when they hear about him, they think either big and rich or celebrity apprentice. But he has such a track record as a producer, as a songwriter. Um, you know, he he found and and mm-hmm. got Gretchen Wilson going. Uh, responsible for Al Dean getting going. I mean, he's 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 really made a made a mark on the town. So it's a real honor for him to want to want to sit in the producer's chair. I'm really excited about this new music with him. All right, well, let's hear it, man. What's it called? This one's called I Just Want to Play. Didn't just buy this old worn-out guitar And waltz up on the stage I ain't here to be no superstar I just want to play So let me get lost in some old country song Like he stopped loving her today Or some old rocker I can start wailing on I just want to play yeah, so kick it off, boys, and let me start singing about One girl I swore I couldn't live without And how I let her get away Let me sing you my life story And the high hopes my mama had for me And rock the house with the one about The hell I love to raise Yeah, I just want to play Yeah, my daddy wasn't kidding when he said I'd make a better living Selling used cars The only future in playing a smoky bar is Playing another smoky bar He said, what you gonna do when you get out of school and you need to get paid? I said, I don't know, Dad I just wanna play Yeah, so kick it off, boys, and let me start singing about One girl I swore I couldn't live without I let her get away Let me sing you my life story And the high hopes my mama had for me And rock the house with the one about The hell I love to raise Yeah, I just want to play Yeah, this is my getaway I've been working all day I just want to play Yeah, so kick it off, boys And let me start singing about The one girl I swore I couldn't live without And I let her get away Let me sing you my life story And the High hopes my mama had for me And rock the house with the one about The hell I love to raise Yeah, I just want to play Yeah, I just want to play
Love it, dude. Love Thanks, it. Moose. Appreciate it, buddy. That's awesome, man. That's that's a beautiful guitar you got too. That guild. Thanks, man. Yeah, I uh, I got this about time I uh, I moved to Nashville. The very first record deal I ever had was with a company that was based out of South Florida, and uh, and they gave me this just kind of as a as a thanks gesture and a kind of welcome to the to the label deal back then. So I do. That's I, awesome. I was, I was real happy happy to have that guild. We're talking with Eric Lee Bedingfield, and you know you can always tell when a guitar's got a got a lot of good love on it because it's got the scratches on it. You can't see it like dead on, but if you turn to the side, you can see where the picks yes, hit it and everything. It's got, some, it's got some love on it. Uh, th- see, those play the best. They're, They're like the- pickup trucks, man. They're made to made to put them to the test, man. Tell me about it, dude. Tell me about it. All right, so you played on the Opry, and uh, sure did. How man. was that, man? What, what's man, that like? what a bucket list. I mean, a you know if you're a if you're a singer, and especially a country singer, uh-huh. I mean, that's, you know, if you're, if you're a baseball player, you want to be in the World Series. Mm-hmm. If you're a football player, you want to be in the Super Bowl. And for a country singer, the Opry stage is the, that's, that's the mecca, man. That's, that's where you really do feel like, man, no matter what happens from this moment, I can say I played the Opry. And, then that, and you just kind of feel that self, you know, worth and gratification, like it was all worth it, all the dues you paid to get there and, and for me, even more so, because I'm, I'm standing there, it was a huge night. It was it was a national televised mm-hmm. event. They did a big TV special because it was George's 80th birthday. Yeah. And George called and, and George Jones, you know, personally called and asked me to, to make my Opry debut there for his birthday party and sing that song, Gospel According to Jones. So on top of it being a packed house, a huge deal, TV special, you know, I got George and Nancy Jones sitting in the front row, you know, right in front of me. So it was a... It was a real baptism by fire, you yeah. know, as far as far as a, a young artist, new artist playing the Opry, and uh, that's and all my family was there. You know, it was it was family friends. It was it was a very very special night. As the curtains getting ready to come up, are you getting ready to get called out? Uh, was it was it as Eddie that brought you out, Eddie Stubbs? Yes, and, yes, he uh, did. As before before all that, you know, and he's getting ready to call you out there. What's going through your head? You know, it it's one of those things. Building up to that, I thought, man, I'm going to be so nervous. But back there in my dressing room, every single artist that was there that night, and, and everybody there were members of the Opry. It was such a big deal. Most everybody, if they weren't already in the Country Music Hall of Fame, they're at least an Opry member. And uh, and all of them came by my dressing room to say hello, tell me they remember their very first Opry appearance, saying, you know, you could do this a thousand times, but this is the one you will always remember. And uh, and they were just so welcoming and so, you know, overly hospitable. It just it, it made me feel like I'm – like I belong there, it made me feel, and it just it t- it calmed the nerves a lot. I, I I just really had a sense of of uh man, we've worked really hard to get here, and and how cool is this? It, it was just more of a a prideful feeling than than a nervousness. Now, how'd you get how'd you get uh, connected to the old possum? Man, it's it's the most bizarre story. Uh, you know, everybody talks about Nashville. It all starts with a song, and and uh. Me and me and some of my very best friends wrote this song and did it as a tribute for George and never in a million years think he would, you know, sing on it. The gospel according the gospel to Jones. according to Jones. And uh and so I was I, I knew I wanted to record it. I wanted I knew I wanted to put it out as the first single. I mean it's just a stone cold mm-hmm. country song. And uh so me and my producer went and had a lunch in Cool Springs. Right south of Nashville, and we was at a Logan Steakhouse, and I was recording at the time at the Sound Kitchen, which is about a mile from there. And the whole point of us having that lunch there was to talk about how we can get this in the hands of the possum. 
And and because I just thought, man, it, it name dropped him so much, so many titles. I mean, the whole song's about him. Yeah, I'd be just devastated if I heard through the grapevine he thought it was a dumb song or something like that. So I just, I kind of just wanted the thumbs up. I just wanted the approval from the man. And uh, so, like I say, we have this. The whole purpose of going there eating lunch. My producer, who's also Dolly Parton's producer, said, "You know what? Dolly's worked with George. I'm going to get her to call him." And so I'm I'm on cloud nine thinking, you know, Dolly Parton's going to call George Jones on my behalf. This it don't get no better than no. this. And uh, so we have our lunch. We get up and leave. And guess who's two tables from us this George, whole time? George Jones. George and Nancy are sitting there eating lunch, and I just couldn't believe it. Ed Logan's. I mean, Ed Logan's. He loved Logan's. He loved it. He loved Logan's. And uh, so, I mean, I was just like deer in the headlights. I couldn't believe it. And, uh, you know, didn't want to go interrupt his lunch. My producer's like, you're crazy, man. This is like a sign from God. You've, of course you got to go <laughs> say something to him. So we didn't even have a copy of the song. So we hop in the car. We run these red lights to get to the studio to burn a copy of, of the demo we had cut, the rough, and ran red lights going back. And, you know, I'm just at this point praying they're still there. And uh, they were still there, and I walked up and just, you know, told him who I was, told him what an influence he was, and told him I'd love for him to hear that song. And, you know, he's like, yeah, well, son, I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, he said, he told me they were going up to Canada, and he said, I'm going to be there about three weeks, but I'll, I'll give you a call, I'll let you know what you what to think about it. And I'm thinking, boy, what a load of yeah. BS. There's no <laughs> way he's going to call me, just to, no telling how many songs he's been given over the years. and. You know, three weeks goes by, and it might as well be three years. But still, the story was so cool. So I'm telling all my friends about it. Well, we're doing a show down in Florida, and uh, and I'm on my way back to Nashville. And it's early in the morning. My phone rings, and it's George on there. And at first, of course, I'm thinking, I've been told so many people. And, you know, with musicians, you run into some yeah. pranksters. So I'm like, somebody's really messing with me here. <laughs> so I'm listening kind of, yeah, yeah, kind of nice line. Well, it kind of hits me. This is George Jones talking to me. And he said, man, not only do I love the song, I'd love to sing on it with you. And uh, next thing I know, about two weeks later, we're in the studio singing that song together. Uh, my wife was pregnant at the time with our second son, so her and Nancy hit it off. And by the time the recording session's over, they're inviting us to dinner at their house the next night. That's and insane. then it just it just snowballed in this really great friendship where anytime I was in town, they was in town, we'd meet up and go eat dinner either at their house or out somewhere. Uh my Nancy used to change my kids' diapers, you know, on their on their kitchen table. I mean, it's just That's it was crazy. It's just nutty nutty stories, and uh, <laughs> you know, got to go out and spend some time on the road with him, opening up shows. He, we made the video for Gospel According to Jones, which I was really honored. He used that to introduce himself uh, on the stage every night. You know, he used to have his band used to sing No Show Jones, and he come out. Well, when we made this video, they changed it to the gospel according to Jones and, and showed it on a big projector behind the screen before he walked out. And so that was, that was quite an honor, but it was just, man, it, it, uh, it was one of those things that made so many dreams come true, but George obviously had so much respect from so many artists in the industry that it also just, it, it, it kind of welcomed me into that, that family circle when, you know, I, I did an event charity deal, uh, just a few weeks ago. Then you see all these guys that you grew up listening to, and and just because of that and how George treated me, they all know who I am and and, and treat me on on that same kind of level. So, did you ever run into anybody famous at his house from time to time? Oh, I, lots. I him and Alan Jackson were big buddies. Yeah, I a lot, tons, man, tons. The uh, one of my favorite memories that has to do with uh, uh, George Jones is uh, choices, right? Yeah. Remember choices. Yeah. Uh, 
they didn't want him to sing it on the ACMs or the CMAs or something like that. And Alan Jackson was singing uh, Papa Top. And about halfway through the song, he stopped and his whole band shifted and they sang Choices. Yeah. And I'm just like, see, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of impact that's what it's all about on everybody. And, and Nancy and George are watching that at their house live because they could care less about watching the show. But they yeah. knew Alan was on there. So they was going to watch him. And then and uh, George, he, he told me that story one time, just said how proud he was. You know, when he did that, he just he couldn't believe it. That's awesome, man. We're talking with Eric Lee Bedingfield and uh, we're going to we're going to go to the back to our Goober garage. We're going to get a video recorded. Uh, get a couple more songs or whatever you want to do, man. Sounds good to me, it's, it's man. Kind of up to you. We uh, appreciate you stopping by and uh, sharing stories. And you're so close, man. I want to extend. I don't extend this offer to everybody because you you got the gift of gab, which I got as well. <laughs> Every now and then, we need to go host. So if you want hey, to come up and you want to hang out for an hour, I would love to, man. Hey, you're you're on. You just you may just open a big old can of worms. No, right I'm there. good. I'm good with that. I, some good interaction. We'll bring you up here, play some well, stuff. Moose, it's, it's been on, man. Thanks for having me on your show, and and I'll definitely come back. I'll take you up on that. Hey, thanks for listening to the Studio 95 Sessions. My name's Moose Michaels with Goober 95.1. Remember, if you enjoyed the show, subscribe in iTunes. You can get every new episode automatically. Leave us a good review, and we'll have more on the way. Until next time, we'll see you down the road. Goober 95.1.